Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. The way that we feel about Lamar, it's the market plus, you know, if that makes sense. Like... We've seen Lamar. We've won lots of games with Lamar. We're around him all the time. And uh, we do feel that he's the best quarterback in the NFL. And I think this contract reflects that. Eric DaCosta last night talking about the deal that was done between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Let me give you the timeline, the TikTok on this. I caught wind yesterday that the Ravens and Lamar Jackson are close to a deal. I started poking around. I didn't get anywhere. It's the day of the draft. You got this plate going. You got that plate going. And just as I was close to landing the plane, <laughs> Jay Glazer. Yeah. Suck it, Florio. Suck it, but Jay you know Glazer. What? Got you. you know what? <laughs> Here's, you know what? Here's what I had forgotten. Here's what I had forgotten. Earlier in the afternoon, I was on the Mike Heller show in Milwaukee, and I said it then. So technically, suck it, Glazer. <laughs> I, I did say a deal is close. I said I probably shouldn't say this because I haven't written it yet, but because they asked me about Lamar Jackson, I said, hey, you know, the talk is a deal is close. So I had forgotten all about that. Somebody, somebody emailed me, hey, you gave Mike Heller a hell of a scoop today after all. It's like, what are you talking about? Well, you told him that the deal was almost done with Lamar Jackson's Ravens. Like, holy shit, I did. Yeah, right. So uh, anyway, and, anyway the, the, the bottom line is this. Because somebody on our PFT writer's text thread said that Lamar Jackson owes a gift basket to Nicole Lynn, the agent who worked out the Jalen Hurts deal. My response was, no, the Eagles owe her the gift basket. Or the, the Ravens, excuse me. The Ravens owe the gift basket because that Jalen Hurts deal caused Lamar Jackson to snap out of his Deshaun Watson fever dream. That's right. Right. That deal right. made him finally let go of the Deshaun Watson, why don't I have what he got mindset. And it's amazing to see how many – no, it's not because we know what Twitter is by now, and it's only getting worse, frankly, under the leadership of Tesla Daddy. But it's amazing to see how many people just choose to ignore 
that that's what he wanted. Where's your proof? It's what he wanted. We all know it's what he wanted. It's what he wanted for months. Why wouldn't he want it? Why wouldn't he react to the Deshaun Watson deal and say, wait a minute, I don't have 25 lawsuits pending against me. Wait a minute, I have an MVP. He doesn't. Wait a minute, I didn't sit out a whole season because I wasn't happy with my team. Right. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, he had he had every right to want it, yeah. but you can want it and then you have to snap out of it. Right. It took him too long to snap out of it. The Jalen Hurts deal snapped him out of it, Chris, and he ends up, with a deal that's better than Jalen Hurts, at least when you know when you when you look at it big picture, we'll get into the details. We'll find out what is fully guaranteed at signing, how much converts from injury guarantee to fully guaranteed after one season. Those details are all to be determined. But but as it looks right years, now, yeah, two sixty, right. Here, here's the thing, right? And this gets overlooked, and it was unclear yesterday. Is it an extension? Is it a straight five year deal? Yeah. It's a straight five year deal. There's no old money on this. There isn't anything to tie to it. Jalen Hurts signed a six-year, $259.3 million contract. Lamar Jackson signed a five-year, $260 million contract. Lamar Jackson, under the terms of the deals, and we know these never get completely honored, but as written and as signed, Lamar Jackson makes more in five years than Jalen Hurts makes in six. Right. Right. And by all due accounts, he's going to make a ton of money and, and maybe break records as far as the amount of money he's going to get in three years, right? You know, there, there's a lot of things we'll see. there. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see. I know. What? No, he's probably not going to. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers got 150 and three. I don't think he's getting 150 and three. Okay. All he right. would have gotten, under the, under the deal he rejected in right. August, he would have had 168 fully guaranteed after one season. To me, that is the key. What is his full guarantee after one season? Because they're not going to cut him after one season. Yeah, and have how much of that million, injury guarantee? Yeah. 180, 185 is the total in guarantee. That includes full and injury. How much is fully guaranteed? It was 133 in in August of last year. What's that number now? And how much flips? It was 168. What's that number now? The the one thing that I know apples to apples. He had 175 in full guarantees in August. They bumped to 185 now. But how much of that trickles back through to full guarantees? That's how you really assess one of these contracts. Right. But see, what happens is all the folks who want to say, hey, he didn't need an agent after all. He got $185 million guaranteed. Again, you're just being either deliberately dumb or accidentally no dumb people just hear what they want to hear understanding yeah. how the contracts that's right right that, to support whatever narrative that's they all push. they want to hear and, I, and I, hey, he's still oh my, my t- let me just say this yeah. and then i'll shut up my tweet from march 8 that he needs an agent now more than ever people started retweeting that to twist my tail yesterday but my point is as of that day he did because where was he what was the perspective in the context that day he's closing in on the start of free agency he's got the franchise tag. He can go out and talk to anybody he wants. He needs somebody to shepherd him through that process to get teams to come to the table, to put pressure on the Ravens. No one talked to him. No one worked with him. No one wanted to deal with him. That's why he needed an agent more than ever. He had an opportunity to go try to find another suitor, and he didn't know how to go about doing it, and he didn't have anybody to go affirmatively do it for him. Yes, he absolutely needed an agent then. Just because he got the deal done now 
doesn't mean he didn't need an agent all along. No, I, I, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I mean, we wanted, and again, we were asking for the agent because we wanted the best for Lamar Jackson. It wasn't like, hey, you know, hey, Florio and Sims, we're trying to talk him to the agent because we're trying to screw Lamar out of three percent. Like we give a damn. Are you kidding me? I mean, we're the leaders in pay, pay the player. You know, screw the owner and his diamond encrusted toilet seat. Right? That's our theme here. So that that's where I'm so happy for Lamar. Do I think he needed an agent? Yeah, sure, I do, but he got it done. Thank God. I mean, he's the man. He deserved it. I felt like we were watching a horror story. So it's awesome. And I think on top of that, too, like we've discussed, Baltimore can win the Super Bowl. They could have been in the Super Bowl last year if Lamar Jackson was healthy. I mean, they were controlling the game against the team you just talked about yesterday, the Bengals, who really looked like they could have, should have, would have beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game and got some bad breaks. I mean, that the, Baltimore's there. It's time, and that's where I'm happy for their team. I'm happy for Lamar. That's awesome. I'm happy for OBJ. And now you throw Zay Flowers in the group here with the offensive line and the defense they got, and we start to say, watch out for the freaking Ravens this year. They have reasserted themselves in a discussion as one of the best teams in the AFC. One of the great moments in American cinema from the uh, – oh God, what was the name of the movie that uh, uh, Cher won the Oscar for from 1987? Moonlight, Moonstruck. Moonstruck, Moonstruck. Yeah. When she slaps, when she when she slaps Nicolas Cage and says, "Snap out of it!" All right, that's what Lamar Jackson had happened to him with the Jalen Hurts deal. He needed someone to get him to say, "Snap out of it." One of the reasons I've said all along he needed an agent is because the agent needed to get Lamar Jackson to snap out of it as it relates to Deshaun Watson. He finally did. Once he did, the deal gets done. He finally snapped out of it. Yeah. That's the key, yeah. and that's why the deal's done. Yeah. All right, uh, and it allowed the Ravens to further bolster the weapons that they have. They get your guy, Zay Flowers, the third receiver off the board behind Jackson Smith and Jigba. We've already discussed him. 21, the Chargers go Quentin Johnston. Number three, as receivers go, Zay Flowers, to combine with OBJ, to combine with Mark Andrews, to combine with... Rashad Bateman, who's probably got to be thinking, what about me? And that running game that they have. And Todd Munkin putting together a new offense. I have a feeling that offense in Baltimore this year is going to be a little different. I agree. A little different than what we've seen under Greg Roman. Definitely. And then, you know, hopefully running backs are more, you know, healthy this year. That was a big problem for their last year. You got one of the best tight ends in football. They signed Nelson Aguilar, who's a great, you know, third, fourth type of receiver who can do everything too. Isaiah Likely, the guy you see at the bottom of this graphic, if you're watching on Peacock right now, right? We saw what he can do. He's one of the already one of the better pass receiving tight ends in football. So it's it's they their weapons are here. They're there for for Baltimore. And I agree with you. I think the offense is gonna have a new little twist. We know the defense has still got some big bad dudes on it. And yeah, Baltimore, they're going Hey, wait, yeah, we're going to throw the ball and Todd Munkin and we can do that. And he's got smash mouth football. And now we're going to have J.K. Dobbins going this way and Zay Flowers going that way and OBJ going this way. I mean, there's a little bit here where I almost feel like it's being replicated into Miami in a way, except the quarterback's got, you know, three rockets up his butt in Lamar Jackson and is a lot more dangerous in in, in certain situations. Hey, that's a great point because – 
Miami would have been the perfect place for Lamar Jackson if they decide to move on from Tua. Boy, how would he fit into that Mike McDaniel offense? All right, so let's have the offense here that they have in Miami. That's what crossed let's my mind, Mike. make an offense yeah. that isn't just run the ball, design run, throw it every once in a while. Right. That's kind of how it felt. They threw it more than we realized. Yes. But there were too many design runs. Lamar Jackson was getting banged around too much. He's getting to the age where you got to transition him away from that stuff, and this is a way to do it. And now they have the weapons, and, and it is going to be fascinating. By the way, yeah. by the way, yeah. I, I think the Ravens would admit if push came to shove, they did overpay Odo Beckham Jr. to get this Lamar Jackson deal. Yeah, well, I, I, I was going to say, when you were talking about Jalen Hurts' agent, I also wanted to say, I think OBJ probably needs to be thrown in there too. You know, I think it's, you know, like you, you called it. I think he was a great <laughs> little <laughs> snap out of it. Take the $185 million guaranteed. What are you doing? But I think there's probably a little OBJ bridge, bridging the gap there. The magic of OBJ, like you talked about. I, I, I think he could, you know, maybe talk to Lamar and go, hey, like, like, dude, there's so much money on the table. You're the man. Jalen Hurts just did that. He took that, right? Come on. You, you're, they'll give you more, blah, blah, blah. I can certainly see that going down to, to help, you know, smooth it all over. So as receivers go, and for the first time ever in the common draft era, I don't know why they use that term. Was there an uncommon draft before they started the common draft? I don't know, but I digress. For the first time ever, four receivers in a row in round one. It started with Jackson Smith and Jigba, continued with Quentin Johnson, then Zay Flowers, and then the Vikings with pick number 23. Jordan Addison, the Bolitnikoff winner in 21, transferred from Pitt to USC. He's now there with Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, KJ Osborne, Dalvin Cook for now, Kirk Cousins for now. Look, they could have had, they could have had, I was thinking, man, are they going to go Will Levis? Are they going to go Hendon Hooker? Are they going to let one of these guys sit on the bench for a year and learn behind Kirk Cousins? I think they would have taken one of the top three guys, but they weren't interested ultimately and obviously in Levis or Hooker. They go with Jordan Addison and, uh, uh, That offense is going to be pretty damn good. I still don't know about the defense, but the offense is going to be pretty damn good. Agreed, right? You know, first off, the Chargers with Quentin Johnson. I like that pick. I thought they might go a smaller receiver. They went another big guy like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen's pretty big, and they're just going to be that type of team. That was surprising to me. You know, your Minnesota pick there, like – I don't know, Mike. I like it. It's okay. It makes sense, but I, I don't love the player. Right, he's he's a great route runner. He's really he's maybe the best route runner in the draft. You know, as far as like if we showed his highlight packages or anything like that, well, you're not going to see a lot after the catch or like special plays after the catch that way. But I think again for them and a team where you know a little bit like we saw the Seahawks goes Jackson Smith and Jigba, Shane Waldron from the Rams. Right, I want a slot guy who can run routes like Cooper Cup, Kevin O'Connell from that same type of place. They value that route running, reading the defense on the fly and all that. I think he makes sense for them in that standpoint. So now all those type of plays can go to him. And, you know, Jalen Jefferson will get his sprinkle. Justin Jefferson will get his sprinkle of stuff and also be more aggressive down the field. He's a very safe bet. I don't know if there's superstar potential there, but he does fit the scheme in in a big way, Mike. We thought the Bills might make a big trade up in the draft. They didn't. We thought maybe one of the top receivers would fall to them. Yeah. It didn't happen. Yeah. But what they did do after four receivers go off the they board and all tight ends are still lingering, right. they move up a couple spots, moved up a little bit, 
little bit. And they got Dalton Kincaid, the Utah tight end, first off the board. The guy who slipped because of a back problem last time, a big-name tight end slipped because of a back problem. He was Rob Gronkowski. So not bad company for Dalton Kincaid to be in. And uh, they have Dawson Knox, but still, it's a weapon. Yes. And you find a way to use that weapon in that offense and another target for Josh Allen to get the football to. Yeah, that, that that's the interesting thing. I think he's definitely one of the top, you know, 10 to 15 guys in the draft. I think he was for a lot of people. I mean, he runs routes and does things with the ball in his hands that are, are Travis Kelsey-ish, let alone he's got even more physical ability to run you over and break tackles like that, and he's a better blocker. Uh, so that's where your your ultimate hope is and to what you're saying. I think they panicked a little bit and went, whoa, wait, none of these receivers are going to fall to us? We needed a we wanted a weapon like we've been talking about for three years with Buffalo, right? And then I think also in the fact that Dallas was sitting on the board at 26, and I think a lot of people thought Dallas was in the market for a tight end, right? They lost Dalton, Dalton Schultz in free agency this year. So that's probably why they make that move. Mike, where I'm interested is, you know, what are they going to do on offense? Dawson Knox is really good. You know, are they going to go a little more two tight end sets? And that's cool, but you got to run the football a little bit to make all that work, too. You can't just go two tight end sets and we're going to get in shotgun and throw the ball all the time, right? So uh, this, is, uh, this is signaling a little bit of a change maybe in the way they play on the offensive side of the ball to me, too. Well, and you can put one of those tight ends in line, and you can put one in the slot. Yeah, you're right. You can and do you all can that H back. Yeah, I know. I think Swiss that's what Army knife, him. right? Uh, Gronk, 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 and he who shall not be named. I mean, back when the Patriots had those right. two guys, right. so uh, you know that that's a possibility as well. You're either right. way, either way, they had to be th- think about think about the draft room. Yeah. As we get through 19 picks and no receivers and no tight ends are taken, they're going to be thinking, this is great. This is great. And We're going to get boom, one. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then <laughs> then, then the, the, the run starts. It's like, yeah, we got to do something here or we're not going to get Kincaid. And we may, who the hell knows? We may not get Michael Mayer either the way things are going. So yeah. Mayer's still there. I was surprised the Bengals didn't take him. They took Miles Murphy instead. And we're going to talk about edge rushers coming up. But when, when I talked to Mayer the other day, I mean, it was clear he grew up near Cincinnati would love to play for the Bengals and I thought it was all going to fall together for him and it just didn't yeah I was surprised I was too he's there as the second night begins uh but uh plenty of edge rushers gone so let's go ahead and break because when we return we'll talk about the edge rushers who came off the board and when on Thursday night 2023 draft one day in the books and we'll continue our breakdown of it right after this Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. 
This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. With the 15th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the New York There he is, the kid who was at the press conference the other day. Don't need a quarterback. He predicted they would not take a quarterback. <laughs> they didn't need a quarterback. They get Will McDonald. But, you know, hidden cost of the Aaron Rodgers trade, they go from 13 to 15, and they get jumped by the Steelers, who took Broderick Jones, the tackle from Georgia, that many thought maybe the Jets would have wanted sure. at 15. That's what happens. You, those two spots are critical. But they get Will McDonald. Edge rusher next to Quinnen Williams, kind of a great spot to be. Yeah, if you want to try to get less attention, and uh, you know, Jets. Hey, look, they don't have a whole lot of needs. That's right. That's right, Mike. But right. Uh, defense, defense, a little bit better. Maybe I wonder if Aaron was thinking, hey, maybe they'll take a receiver. And I thought maybe they would consider it. But they got, they got, they got you know, a group. Got Garrett Wilson, the rookie of the yeah. year. McCole Hardman. Hard. You got Mikael Hardman. Right. You really didn't need it. Yeah. Right. Corey Davis to go along with it. They took a tight end in the second round last year, Ruckert out of Ohio State. So we know they got the, the two running backs, and Brees Hall will be back. So, you know, I'm with you. And then I know we discussed a little bit. I think they were a little more comfortable with their offensive line situation than maybe the, the draft media and all of us thought they were. You know, again, I, I, I think I told you, I can't remember if I said it here on the podcast, but Makai Becton, he goes to the, you know, gym that I grew up in in New Jersey, and he's been working out there. You know, I think he's in the best shape of his life. Max Mitchell, they're comfortable with. Dane, Dwayne Brown's on the, the roster. But, yeah, that trade, they lose out on Broderick Jones if that's who they wanted. But I don't think they didn't want Will McDonald. Will McDonald was, again, one of those guys that, you know, uh, it was under the radar love affair with a lot of teams in football, and I get it. He's 240 pounds. He's got length of, you know, he's longer arms than the Greek freak and, and those type of guys. I mean, he's got unbelievable length. And then, you know, that special bend around the edge and all that, there was only a few guys in the draft that really had that. Him, Tyree Wilson, Nolan Smith, and they got one of those guys. And we know this is a team – Robert Sala, who's been to the Super Bowl and won another Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks with, we're deep on the D-line and we can rotate guys and have come, people coming after the quarterback for four quarters. That's the philosophy, and you said it. They're not a lot of holes, and he's a damn good player. They give up those two spots. Yeah. And, you know, the reality is with three quarterbacks and two running backs, it was a top-ten pick still for them. You take five guys off the board they weren't going to touch. So they 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 only needed to come to the table with ten guys they liked. And yeah. maybe they would have taken Broderick Jones. Who knows? Maybe they would have taken Lucas Van Ness if he was there. That's who the Packers took with the pick that they got in that flip-flop. But they get Will McDonald, and uh, you're right. they got to be happy with that pick, and they, they knew 
This is part of the cost of the That's Aaron right. Rodgers trade, but it's a hidden cost because they may have missed out on a guy that they wanted. We mentioned the Tyree Wilson bear hug later. I assume we're going to get to see him lift Roger Goodell off the yeah. ground now. His window was 2-7. to seven. There was concern about his foot. The Raiders unconcerned. And they could have had Jalen Carter there. They got Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. It, it, Tyree Wilson, it just, it's, it's a rotation now. Look at the best defensive lines. They've got seven, eight. Oh, geez. That cracked his back a little bit. <laughs> you got no seven doubt. or eight guys that <laughs> you can bring in whenever you want. And, uh, and, you know, guy that you really like falls to the Raiders at number seven, Chris. Yeah, a superstar, right? Uh, he's got superstar potential. This is a guy that, you know, could lead the NFL in sacks. It, it's it's Miles Garrett-ish, right? It, it's that type of guy. It's It's one of those guys that when you see in person, you go – Holy crap! That guy is made to play defense end on on you know in the NFL. That's what he was born to do. He's got everything. The foot injury was you know a concern, sure. Like we talked about, I think too. What you're seeing, you're right. Jalen Carter on the board, and what you've seen is the New England faction of people in the top ten, right? Monty Austin for it with the the Cardinals, Nick Casario with the Texans, you know Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels with the Raiders. They weren't going to mess with the Jalen Carter thing. They were probably scared of some of the things that you know we've heard and you brought up earlier in the show. But Max Crosby with this guy, Chandler Jones, who's coming down the home stretch of his career and not quite the same pass rusher he was. This guy can do everything. So that's where it's awesome for these, you know, Willie McGinnis with an extra gear coming around the edge for pay old Patriot fans or that kind of mold of player. That's what we're talking about here. I mentioned Lucas Van Ness, very flexible, versatile, inside, outside. The big story on him was he never started a game at Iowa. It doesn't matter. He's still a great player. Yeah. That's who the Packers get with that 13th pick, and they need help defensively. You know, we talk so much about – the offense and Aaron Rodgers, and maybe they were going to take a receiver in that spot. They need to take care of that defense. That defense has been one of the reasons why they've they've struggled to reach their potential. Yeah, recently. yeah, right. We've talked about like just lack of those physical, in-your-face killers that we talk about with the 49ers or the Chiefs where they just run through the wall and they don't ask, right? That's something I think you and I have hit on a lot with the Packers, that they don't have that type of attitude, or at least it doesn't pop through the screen that way. You get guys like this. Kenny Clark now, Devontae Wyatt, who they took in the first round last year out of Georgia, D-tackle, Quay Walker, the middle linebacker, you hope he's better, right? Yeah, you hope that now this makes their team, you know, it's it's physical and dynamic up front. You couple it with Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary on the edge, man, they got a lot of versatility in players that, you know, can mess an offense up right now. Van Ness is... You know, Swiss Army knife can be a J.J. Watt type of football player, edge rusher, D tackle, disruptive that way. Uh, I think it's a really good fit and and uh, good for Lucas Van Nesk. Hercules, baby. Yeah, we 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 met with several of those guys when we were at the combine. Uh, it was edge rusher day, so Tyree Wilson, Lucas Van Ness, Will Anderson, all right. those guys came through, and we got to see them up close, and you got to evaluate the size of some of these guys. And I remember how big, I mean, Wilson, back to him. Yes, right? That guy, it's just it's it's, amazing. Yes. When you consider Bryce Young my size, some of these guys, and Bryce Young's not going to have to see him, but when you're in that division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson, there is a premium that is placed on having guys who can put pressure. Not necessarily sack every time, but just pressure. Yeah. Just get around the edge. Just right. 
hurry the clock a little bit for the quarterback. Reduce his options to wait for someone to pop open when you have great pass rushers, and now you got Max Crosby and Tyree Wilson. That's you know the Raiders got to start somewhere. Yeah, they're, they're they're in danger of languishing in that division, and I think this helps them significantly. Yeah, I agreed. This is a guy that you know can change your whole defense around and be a game wrecker. Right, can play three four outside linebacker, can play four three defense and you know as I said, I think this is the guy that as a pure pass rusher, he's got the most superstar potential, him and Nolan Smith out of anybody in the draft, and he can be an NFL sack leader. And, and for my money, he was the second best player in the draft, you know, as far as film and what he did on the field. And the Raiders got him at seven, which is amazing. The Bengals have Trey Hendrickson, who's been a great free agent addition for them. They signed him from the Saints. There was questions. You know, he had one good year. Is he going to flame out? He's been very good with the Bengals. They pick up Miles Murphy with the 28th pick. Not Michael Mayer, who I thought maybe that's who they'd take. They could definitely use a young pass-catching tight end to develop. But they have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to targets for Joe Burrow. You still need to have that other side of the ball. You need to take care of your defense. You need to have those bodies that can make a difference in playoff games. When it's time to make a stop, look what happened to Joe Burrow when it felt like the Bengals were going to drive down and win the AFC championship. What happens? Chris Jones happens. So they need guys who can make stuff happen to shut down the great quarterbacks in the AFC in that moment where you just need to break serve one time to win a playoff game. Yeah, that, that, uh, that, that's exactly right. It's the AFC, like you said. I mean, not only in their division, but the rest of the conference. It's just, it's the best the AFC's been since the 70s. I mean, it, it's, it's, that, that's my stance. It, it's unbelievable right now, the talent. And I think probably they looked at it, Mike, right? Whereas Michael Mayer is a you know great shiny object and going to be a really good football player. They probably went, man, we got a lot of assets on offense right now. You know, we got that. We got to start thinking about defense for the future a little bit. Hendrickson stuff you're talking about. You know, Sam Hubbard, he could be a guy where this could be his last year there too. Last year of the contract. They could, I mean, it's not the last year of his contract. He's got another one, but it could be the year they can get out there. And, of course, again, as we're seeing from the Eagles, the 49ers, you know, the, even the Chiefs, that, you know, to your point, you, you got to have more than four. You got to. It's an NFL passing league right now, and we got some quarterbacks that, yeah, they're going to drop back 45 times a game, and you got to have fresh bodies to go after them. And, you know, it's future, and right now it all works. And it's, I think that's where the beauty of the pick is for the Bengals. The Kansas City Chiefs had that 31st pick, and, you know, that's a prime spot to trade out. Yeah. For somebody that wanted to come back and get Will Levis or Hendon Hooker, get a quarterback, and have control over his contract for five years. And I, I, I wonder if they got calls, and I wonder if they thought, we're hosting this. Yeah, we got to pick we somebody, can't right? not have a pick. We were talking we have about to this. have a pick. Right. We can't. We can't say no. I, I just I don't know what calls they may have gotten. They go with edge rusher Felix Anudike Uzama with that 31st overall pick. Uh, Frank Clark's gone. Exactly. Chris Jones getting older. There's only so much time these guys have, and uh, that's the pick they make. But I'd love to know the truth on whether or not they did have a chance to trade out of round one altogether. I, we were joking about the same type of thing at, at, at my house while we were watching it as well, right? 
Like we were like, well, if it was New England, they would do that to their fan base and be like, oh, yeah, thanks for coming, but we're trading out. See you tomorrow night in the second round. You know, the Chiefs are showmen. They were like, we got to pick somebody. We can't trade out here, right? And I know, I wondered too with the NFL uh, and also the Eagles picking right before it. And it's just all of it was like, wow, what, what are the Chiefs going to do here with the last pick of the night? So there was intrigue there. But the number one positional need on their football team, again, for all the reasons we just talked about with the Bengals, it's the AFC. Frank Clark, the replacement there, right? The depth, and he's a, he's a big-time talent. He's got a lot of Frank Clark qualities that way. He is a complete football player. He's got a great first step. He's strong. He plays the run, right? Mikey's a little stiff as far as, like, bend around the edge. That's why he's there on the board at 31. But you're starting defense end right away, and a guy that, you know, is going to be a really, really quality football player. High floor guy right there, Mike, with this guy. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. Just dropped into the sheets by Matt Casey. Who was the last Kansas State player? That's where the – Chiefs first rounder came from. Who's the last Kansas State player drafted in round one? Oh, well, I know the answer to this, okay? So you think about this for a little bit. I We talked about this last night, Matt Casey and I, right? We kind of went back and forth on this. And I once for when Terrence Newman at one point, I was going, man, is Terrence Newman the corner from the Cowboys, the last first rounder? That long ago? But there's somebody else. No, it's I not quite. I thought Aqib Tlaib, but that was Kansas. That was Kansas. I thought it was Aqib Tlaib at first, but he went to Kansas. There's a quarterback. Um, oh, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, Josh Freeman. What's that? Josh Freeman. Yeah, yep. Josh Freeman. Yeah. Josh Freeman. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Damn right. it. I know. I forgot. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn, I forgot about that. I mean, geez, it's just that, that kind of was a quick career right there. I was dangerously close. I was dangerously close with a keep to leap Kansas. Same team. You were on the right Tampa track. Bay, right? A year or two apart, maybe just one year apart. One was 08 and one was 09. Well, so I was close. Yeah. I, almost got lucky. Was, I was in one training camp with him in uh, Tennessee. So that might've been, I mean, in Tampa, that might've been 08. And he was one of those guys that like, it was the first day of training camp and rookies usually are like just barely, you know, pedaling above water they're paddling for their life and Aqib Talib was like already one of the best defensive players on the field the first day of practice I was like oh man this guy's gonna be good they, they made the right draft pick here I thought of Aqib Talib earlier when we were talking about college coaches not having good things to say about players I remember well back 08 it's been there's years. a guy that they hated yeah. him in Kansas right because they were hated him in he's Kansas. like probably I've been on an island all game I ran 70,000 sprints and they probably were like hey no you lost so you know on Sunday you got to show up and we're going to torture you and make you run 70,000 sprints and knowing Akeem Tlaib he was probably like hey F you I ain't doing crap and you're still going to start me next week knowing Akeem Tlaib that's probably <laughs> what he said and the Bucks were like hey we like those kind of guys so we brought him to town. <laughs> Akeem Tlaib was something else, and he's very colorful. Oh, I love him. Some media, and there was that incident There's last the issue, year, that right. the plug on his plans to go to Amazon. But I remember they used to do that rookie symposium where they would take all the players to Canton. Yeah. And they would have this big get-together. Right. And he and a Tampa Bay teammate, a running back who was undrafted, kid that went to South Carolina, I can't remember his name, he and Talib got into a fight at the rookie symposium, and just, they got into a fist fight. A teammate, not an opponent, not some other guy. Not shocked, but 
Akeem Talib and a, and a Buccaneers teammate got into a fight at the rookie symposium. He's no, he's no nonsense. See, but that's what happens. But, you know, that's what happens with, like, you a Jalen Carter. to be successful Exa- sometimes. Exactly right. Yeah. You know, and we, he proved it all wrong, right? He was a great team guy. The Patriots loved him. The Broncos loved him. And like you said, I mean, he's one of those guys where you're around him for two minutes and he's got you laughing and he's saying crazy crap. He's, he's the best. He's one of my favorite teammates and, and people I ever was around in the NFL. Matt Casey tells me the running back's name was Corey Boyd, undrafted by the Buccaneers. He and Tlaib got into a fight at the rookie symposium. Let's take a break. Offensive linemen drafted last night to help protect franchise quarterbacks. We'll discuss that when this Friday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. There are the tackles that were taken round one last night, getting some guys to protect the quarterbacks, starting with Paris Johnson Jr., the guy that Kyler Murray reportedly wanted. They would have taken him maybe at three. They get him at six. We talked about that earlier. Darnell Wright helps Justin Fields in Chicago. Peter Skoronsky helps whoever the quarterback is going to be in Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill for now. Broderick Jones, 14 to the Steelers to help Kenny Pickett and Anton Harrison from Oklahoma goes to Jacksonville where Trevor Lawrence has become one of the shortlist franchise quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, Chris, it's not real sexy. It doesn't do much for the fantasy football crowd, but these are key pieces of a team. And when your offensive line is great, goes back to what Sean Payton said recently about Bill Parcells. When your offensive line is great, it permeates the entire building. Yeah, that, that, that's right. I mean, you know, we can just go, go to this, our Super Bowl matchup this year, right? Those two old linemen. Those two O-lines on both of those teams, the 49ers in the Final Four, that O-line. You know, we know the Bengals. They made great adjustments to theirs last year to, to get back to the AFC Championship game and that. It's huge. And like we talked about, too, O-line, it's become more of a premium because college football has become so basic. There's just very few that are really ready to go and play right away. So that's why when one goes, teams get scared. And then as we talk about all season, and like we see here – I mean, defense alignment are growing on trees in college football. The offense alignment that are capable of playing the NFL cannot keep up with the amount of defense alignment that can play in the NFL. There's just it's so that's where there's a premium. Paris Johnson, six, not shocked. New England prototype pass protecting left tackle has all the measurables, the arm length they love. You know, I love the Bears and taking Darnell Wright. I think he's you know, Justin Fields, you want to replicate what the Eagles are doing on offense. This is your guy that can be, you know, uh, Mylotta, just a huge presence, road grader, just move you out of the way. And I think his pass protection stuff is better than what the scouting community has given it credit for. And then we got to the Steelers, right? Broderick Jones, we know the Steelers. I mean, we've been talking about it for three years. Their O-line needs to get better. And that's why they made that move up to trade for a guy that maybe has the best potential of all and Broderick Jones to be the best tackle in this draft out of Georgia. You know, the point you made, and this explains so much of what's happening in the NFL, the stuff that drove Joey Bosa crazy in the playoff game, the holding that doesn't get called by the offensive lineman, which at times is blatant. It's so blatant. And unbelievable, right. frankly. And the, the half-second head start that we see the tackles get when they take that step back into their pass block set before the snap doesn't get called a little edge here, a little edge there to neutralize the fact 
that the defensive lines are better than the offensive lines. So there is a premium on doing whatever you can to make your offensive line better because the gap is real. Not just the fact that these edge rushers are giants and strong and fast and can bend their bodies and get around you, but the good teams have seven or eight guys they're rotating in and they're fresh. And the offensive line is the five same guys for right. the most part the whole freaking game. That's right. They're wiped out by the time the fourth quarter rolls around. Yes, it, it, that, that's exactly right. You you laid it out there perfectly. And that's where teams, you know, it's guys like this start to go off the board because it's like panic. Like, hey, wait, there's only four or five tackles that can, like, play right now. And the rest of the guys, you know, there's, like, some fringe guys that can maybe play. And then there's a huge drop off to like oh crap this guy's work and we're gonna have to work with him for him to ever play with us so that's where you know you see that go I love the Titans taking Peter Skaronsky he was probably the safest bet out of all offensive linemen he could play tackle but I think he could be you know one of the best guards in football that's a good one and then to the point of what you're making Mike right you know that the the end of the round the Jaguars what they did you know, Cam Robinson sounds like he's got a PED issue, right? They lost Jawan Taylor in free agency. It's Doug Peterson. He came from Philadelphia. We know he believes in big old linemen. Anton Harrison's probably not a first-round selection, but he's the next guy up at that position that's ready, so he gets a little overdrafted maybe because of the run and the things you've described so well, Mike. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. Boy, this show has flown by. This is definitely one of those days where we could add another hour or two. And there's Kyler Murray. LFG. He's happy. Let's get to work, big fella. His message to Paris Johnson Jr. We'll maybe talk corners when PFT Live continues. We'll be back with that right after this. It was a Dean Smith kind of first round with four corners. See what I did there? In the draft last night, we talked Devin Witherspoon, and then there was a long... They didn't like that. The control room didn't like that. And then there was a drop 11 spots later the next corner, and it wasn't Christian Gonzalez. The thought was he'd be one of the first ones off the board. Emmanuel Forbes goes to the Commanders at 16. Then it's Christian Gonzalez, 17, to the Patriots, who had traded down. Deontay Banks to the Giants after New York traded up a spot from 25 to 24. Uh... What do, you, what do you think of the, the quartet of corners from last night? Well, you know I love Witherspoon, right? I mean, he was one of the five best players in the draft for, for me there. Uh, the Emmanuel Forbes pick, the next corner off the board, yeah, surprising. I knew he was loved in NFL circles. I knew that. When I did my mock draft and said it on the podcast, I said the one guy that might be in the first round here that I don't have is Emmanuel Forbes. I know there's some people that really like him. You know, and for way, you know, what I don't like about Emmanuel Forbes, Mike, just as a little is he's not the best man to man guy, you know, flipping his hips, changing directions are not the greatest. And he's 166 pounds. Now he flies and he plays a lot more physical than 166 pound and he's long and he's very good in zone and Washington plays a lot of zone, right? They let those front four go. They let the other guys drop in zone. They hope the quarterback passes the ball. Somebody hits them or they're under pressure and they got to throw in that zone. And that's why they got one of the best defenses in football. So good for them there. The Giants getting Deontay Banks, Wink Martindale. They need the island corner, right? Like we talked about. I wasn't shocked by that. He's, he's awesome. The kid from Maryland, and now they have their Marlon Humphrey, and now Wink can do all his other crazy shit with the rest of the guys on the defense and have some fun. And then the Patriots getting Christian Gonzalez. That, that's a pretty 
pretty unbelievable, really. I don't think a lot of people thought he would be on the board at 17 for, for them to pick him at least. One, when we were talking about their needs, you made the point they've got a lot of a lot of corners, defensive backs. Yes, but but when you have an opportunity to add a guy that slips through the cracks, I think so. All of a sudden, right? That that surplus, you don't care because you get a guy who may be better than any of them. Yeah, I, I think that that's probably where that you know line of thinking came into play. He's in, he's in the AFC East, which we know has got some quarterbacks and firepower receiver now too. So maybe Bill was like, whoa, I got to maybe change my thinking here a little in that, that discussion. And Gonzalez, you know, again, the New England guys, uh, they, they love the prototypes, right? Like I just talked about, Monty Ossenfort getting the long tackle. That's the prototype. Paris Johnson for the Cardinals. You know, Nick Casario getting the Will Anderson, right? Just that 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 type of guy, and then here's Gonzalez with just squeaky clean mechanics. He's got you know he's one of the biggest corners in the draft. He has all of that type of stuff that you know is kind of textbook teaching stuff for a corner, and I think that's probably why New England loves him too. Rounds two and three to come tonight. When we wrap the show, we'll give you some of the names to watch and things to look for when the draft continues this evening. We'll be back with that right after this. In this draft, at this moment, we've seen two quarterbacks go on board the first three picks, and we're about to see the third. Here's the commissioner. With the fourth pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson. Oh! The kids at Xavier High School. They wanted Will Levis to go. They all reacted angrily. Because plenty of the mock drafts. I know mine had Will Levis. Mine did too. And, oh, by the way, Chris Ballard, I, I heard that as of a year and a half ago, he was a big believer in Will Levis. So something's gone on the past couple of years. I don't know what this toe or what. But, Chris, he goes into round two. It's going to be a four-year contract. Somebody... I assume takes him tonight. I assume the yeah. bottom doesn't completely drop out for him and Hendon Hooker, but those are obviously the two big names. Quarterbacks who could have been first-rounders that are still on the board when round two starts. Opportunity for somebody to try to trade up who really wants him. You got that 18-hour break yeah. where you can trade up to try to get that guy that's still lingering. Yeah, That's right. And look at the top of the second, the quarterback conversation, you got the Rams, who I wouldn't be shocked if they went quarterback for the future here. Don't forget about them. You still got the Seahawks at 37, right? We got the Titans at 41. So there's plenty of players here at the top of the second for this quarterback stuff, and there's some other good players to be had, as we know, too. Do the Steelers take Joey Porter Jr. with pick number 32? I'm going to say no. I wonder if they will. See, See you Monday. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.